Today on the Insurance Post podcast, I'm thrilled to be joined by Jonathan Swift, Content Director of InfoPro Insurance's division, and Scott McGee, News Editor of Insurance Post, to eat Christmas chocolates, raise a glass, and remember the news and developments that shape the industry in 2023. Hi, Swifty and Scott. Welcome to the Insurance Post podcast. Hi, Emma. Hi, Emma. So, Scott, what's been grabbing people's attention in 2023? Uh, it's been quite a year, hasn't it, 2023? There's been, there's been quite a lot. There's, uh, the main overarching uh, theme has been claims inflation, which has affected everyone, no matter what business line you, uh, you write. Uh, we've had the potential of new players, such as Tesla, um, and then the developing story of, of players that have already come in, that have come into the market, such as Amazon and Sky. Um, you know, and they're, they're going to be, we're going to be keeping, keeping a look at those in 2024. Uh, there's been a few data hacks that have, mm. that have happened, such as Aeon um, and, uh, and more recently Sabre. Uh, artificial intelligence w- really came to prominence in the, end, in the latter half of the year. It's been, there's been, there have been whispers, but it really kind of uh, started to um, come to fruition and, and uh, become a really a main part of the conversation. Uh, there was a lot of build-up uh, in the... In, uh, throughout the year for the FCA's implementation of consumer duty at the end of July. Uh, and then uh, finally, there's, as, as there always is, there's lots of M&A activity. Um, you know, most recently, the, the big one that we've, that we've heard about is uh, Mark's study in Ardonna. Uh, at the moment, at the time of recording, we're still waiting for FCA approval on that, but uh, that's definitely one to watch, especially coming up in the new year. Yeah, you never know. That may arrive early with Santa Claus it may, Christmas. It, it might do, but it's, yeah. been a, it's been a non-stop year yeah. uh, for, for us at Post. Definitely. And Swifty, obviously we've put out lots of lists this year. What grabbed your attention? Well, Post Power List. Yes. Obviously made a return this year. Yes. In 2023. Um, so, you know, we had 40 people there, the, the runners and rise and movers and shakers in the market. If you look forward to next year, it'll be interesting to see um, what the developments that Scott has talked about, how that probably reflects on the list. I mean, there are people like, you know, Alan Valance is obviously disappearing. Um, CFC will have a new CEO. Obviously, we announced the list of Bieber, and as soon as we released the list, Steve White has told everybody that he was Liam and Graven Trudgell, and obviously, ultimately, has taken over his role. So, again, there's been those changes. Heather Smith, she was in the list. She's um, obviously leaving LV. She's going to access PPP, so that might have a knock on her position. There have been changes. Um, you know, Claudio has, has left Axis UK business, uh, Tara. So, so it'll be interesting to see if Tara, like with kind of, you know, uh, Graham and Steve, whether there's kind of a replacement there. there. And I suppose. Yeah, in terms of the kind of move of people who are in the list uh, or new entrants. New entrants, last year the list came out at a time when Dark Line was in mm. a bit of flux, uh, as has been mentioned. So, you know, we know Adam's going there, Adam Winslow from uh, Viva. Obviously, he'll be picking up uh, the baton quite soon when we start putting this list together. But, you know, the results will come out if they're good. And you know, if he starts talking the talk, I expect him to make a, a, a go in the list. People who could be on the up, John Dyke Hiscox, he'll have a full year under his, um, under his hat by then. And, of course, Hiscox have been quite active out in the market, they've returned very much. I mean, you go everywhere in London at the moment, you see their adverts, they are very, mm. very active. Advertising both to public and to brokers, uh, other people. Uh, I think GRP have been most active, active of the kind of I suppose, t- t- typical consolidators, even though they don't like consolidators, and sort of not GRP, Brown and Brown Europe, I should get my... Uh, yes, get your uh, branding right. So yeah, we could see uh, Mike Bruce as, as the top place broker this year. You know, Scott mentioned Mark's study, I, I, I dare say Kevin, Kim Spencer will make a, a rise up the list based on that, you know. Uh, and obviously Amanda was number one last year and they went on to win the British Insurance Awards, generally, for the year, so that'll be interesting. And, 
you know, that there, there are the new, new players. Like we had Elon in the list last year and we know because we're about to publish or we're, mm. a lot of time people hear this, it might have already published the uh, reviews of the year and I hear he is definitely the person the people would like to see most on a conference platform on an insurance event next year. Mm. Where they've got the budget or the kind of the venue big enough for his ego remains to be seen. But, know. you know, will he be in the list next year? Because like, I think you mentioned uh, the Tesla insurance launch hasn't gone quite to plan. Mm. Uh, and then we do have the new entrance, you know, Sky, Sky Protect, that'll have a year. And, and EE, they've come in at the end of the year with their entry too. So there could be some interesting kind of, I suppose, um, new, new, new entrants in the list. Um, there could be some people who kind of go up the list. Um, so yeah, it will be very interesting to see what the feedback mm. is. And a long list of CEOs for Scott and the team to target for big interviews in 2024. Well, yeah, there's been a lot of new CEOs, yeah. haven't there? Uh, like, like Swifty said, a lot of people taking over. You mentioned you mentioned LV and Allianz. You know, they uh, both LV and Allianz. Um, they've got new CEOs there. So you know, there's so many, there's so many new CEOs that we haven't either we haven't met yet. You know, mm. Jason Storer from Aviva uh, coming over from Canada. That's another one. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's there's a lot of people for us to get out there and meet. And has and has Elon been responding to your calls, Scott, through uh, Twitter? Or, no, or so? not sorry, no, X, not Twitter. X, yes, X. Said to Swifty about branding. It's yeah. X. Uh, no, he he's uh, he's not he's not got back to me. But you know, I'll, I'll keep pushing. I'll keep trying to get that interview. Mm. And as um, Swifty touched on there, obviously the summer holidays were dominated by news from Direct Line, and one of the most read news stories um, of this year was your opinion piece, Scott, on the runners and riders in the race to take the helm at Direct Line. Obviously, Adam has now got that position. Yeah. What do you think 2024 holds in store for Direct Line? I mean, Adam's got a big task on his hand. Um, they've they've had a they've had some year Direct Line. Uh, it all started, uh, I think it was like early January when um, Penny James came out. The then CEO came out and said that they they were scrapping or they weren't expecting a final dividend payment, and you know their shares took a complete. Uh, plummet. I think it. I think the shares reduced by almost a quarter, uh, and then a couple of weeks later, obviously, we had the news that um, Penny had stepped down. Uh, so that was at the end of um, that was at the end of January, and so it was it was a while mm. uh, before before uh, Direct Line announced who was taking over from Penny's uh, role. Um, they had an acting uh, CEO in in the in the meantime, um, but you know their results uh, haven't been. Great. Uh, for 2022, they, they posted a £45 million loss, uh, you know, and their operating profit had, had kind of uh, totally been obliterated, about 95% down yeah. uh, from the year before. And then, you know, that carried on into H1 this year, where it was a £78 million loss. So it's, it, financially, they've, they've struggled. Uh, I think they'll be the first to admit that. But, um, you know, they, they ha showed some signs of improvement in Q3 when they mm. doubled their uh, motor GWP so mm. they, uh, for, for that quarter compared to last year. Um, so it's not been all bad, you know, hopefully bringing Adam in uh, with what he said that uh, the, pricing, the pricing discipline that Aviva had uh, while he was there, maybe he can bring that over to direct line. Um, and you know, they're, they're making moves in terms of being more tech savvy you know, with the with the acquisitions of people like By Miles and mm. um, you know launching uh, Kahar, which is their uh, which is their like motor ownership. Mm. Uh, is it Kahar or Kahar? It's Kahar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> sorry, you throw me off there. <laughs> uh, but yeah. 
Yeah, so they're, they're making movements, and so it's, it'll be interesting to see where they go mm. in the new year. Um, obviously, Adam's not in position yet. He's, he, he doesn't come in until Q1 next year, so uh, when he does come in, it, it'll be interesting to see what, mm. uh, what he does, especially now that they don't have um, the commercial lines business anymore because they sold that to mm. RSA for $520 million. So yeah. I'm sure um, it's, it's only personal lines at Direct Line yeah. at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Swifty, 2023 will be remembered as a bit of a Annus Horribilis for motor insurance. And another very popular comment piece was you commenting on just the number of people who've exited the market, pulled back, etc. this year. Do you think 2024 will be a better year for motor insurers? It, it does seem that every year we, we talk about that the previous year has been kind of a, a, bit of a, a bit of a terrible one for the motor insurance sector. I think I think it's still kind of the figure is, was it two two years, every 20 is profitable. Mm. Um, in terms of the withdrawals, you obviously more than RSA, that was a withdrawal. Zurich pulled out of um, a personalised broker, in, including Motor. We've had stories about, um, you know, the fact there's been a quite a bit of contraction, I suppose, in the MJ motor market too. Uh, people withdrawn from there. And you have things even like Acromus, you know, and Saga and the on-off sale. I mean, it was on, it was for sale at the start of the year, it was off sale, mm. and, you know, last month uh, in November. There were rumblings that it might be put back on the market. Now, why might it be put back on the market? Well, you know, you look at the premium kind of rises or premium inflation that's happened across the motor insurance sector, and we keep hearing about that is hitting new heights on a kind of quarterly mm. basis. You know, if, if, if motor insurers can't make money on those kind of um, premium rises, even putting aside the claims inflation that Scott spoke about earlier, then there probably will be something very, very wrong about their kind of pricing strategies. So I think if you look at some of the analysts and the forecasts for this year, it does seem to indicate that it will not be, 20, you know, 23 will be better than, I suppose, 22, mm. and 24 might be better. But then, you know, you have the kind of, I suppose, the things we're not so certain about yet. I mean, you know, obviously the FCA and its consumer duty, they'll want to see, you know, real proof that they're basically these motor insurers are putting the customers first. And then we have the election next year, you know, in 24, mm. and, you know, all, 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 all the indicators at the moment do point that Labour might actually get in. And, you know, at the Labour kind of party conference, Louise Hay, who, used to work for Aviva, let's not forget, she's now the shadow, trans shadow um, uh, transport uh, secretary. Yeah, she made some big noises about the fact, you know, the motor insurance sector is, is basically ripping off customers. So, you know, again, we don't know what's coming down the line, but I'm sure it'll be very interesting if there is an election, you know, an election will come kind of Q, Q3 this year, and it might go earlier, who knows. But, you know, going into 2025, I think the motor mm. insurers will be looking at what a Labour Party government, if they are, if they are elected, does in and around that and if Louise does kind of follow through on some of her promises. Mm, and so perhaps biting their nails nervously depending on who wins the general election. Uh, as ever, yeah. um, you know. Uh, yeah, general insurers biting their nails now. I mean, once again, Insurance Post's data and rankings have caught the industry's attention. Scott and Swifty, what were your key takeaways from the lists this year? Well, I'll start with a kind of a non-list list, I suppose. Okay. The British Insurance Awards always features heavily mm. on our kind of best friend of the year and you know, I'm sure the readers out there and, and, and the viewers and the listeners always want to see what Swifty does for the kind of, you know, the short, shortest video. Um, obviously, this year we did a kind of bake-off theme, uh, you know, highly amusing and my acting skills were definitely... Are you going to give a revelation on what you're going to do for the 30th anniversary uh, video? Oh, OK. But yeah, that, 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 was, that was very highly watched. Of course, and also the, um, the video announcing all the winners is also always, always very, very, very well, very well regarded too. And as you mm. say, this year, um, for people who don't know, it is the 30th anniversary of the British Insurance Awards. 
So yeah, we're going to be going bigger, better, and you know, and, the, and the, obviously the big question will be what will Donna Scully be doing? Donna Scully be doing to kind of yeah. outdo last year with her kind of Irish dancing on stage? Can we get a whole troupe of Irish dancers well, on stage I, with her? I, 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 currently there's a, I think there's already a thing to get bewitched as the band next year. Well, but, this um, is it. I mean, if, if anything, is her backing <laughs> act. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Scott, what did you make of some of the lists? Uh, I felt it was. Um, it was interesting to see for, for like the top 100 insurers, just seeing what the big players are, are doing in terms of uh, where, in, where, where they're trying to grow and what they're doing in terms of a lot of, a lot of companies seem to be simplifying their business. Mm. Um, you know, direct line are only going to, to personal lines and then on, on, the, on the other side of it, mm. you've got RSA who are selling all their personal line stuff, um, only going commercial. Yeah. Uh, Aviva, are, are, are kind of are looking at areas in which they can grow and they're, you know, uh, Dave Martin since he's come in has, has kind of spoken to us and said about where, where he sees growth in, in, in that and you know I'm sure Jason when, when we get an opportunity to speak to him he'll, te he'll tell us where, where, where Aviva are looking to grow. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it seems that insurers are being a lot more um, kind of ruthless and seeing what areas aren't really working for them, and they're mm -hmm. making better, and they're being a bit more proactive in terms of what's not working, wh what they want their brand to be known for, mm -hmm. and they're working towards that rather than trying to um, trying to be a jack of all trades rather than, mm. rather than uh, and a master of none, mm. re realistically. And I think, as you touched on, there's been a lot of movement at the top, but there's been a lot of movement across the industry in terms of people moving from one company to another. Um, a very popular list this year was the best insurance employers, and we had like a record number of people take part, share their views on what was good and not so good about where they worked. Um, and people kept on um, referring back to the list, possibly as a um, as a check in terms of should they move, stay or should they go? And do you think that'll be very much the same in 2024, that we'll get even more people sharing their views on their employers and checking our list? Well, I do think, you know, I think you consistently see that insurance companies are coming out, mm. you know, on a kind of weekly, monthly basis, basically bigging up kind of things they're doing internally to basically improve, you know, either the kind of lot of their staff or improve the cultures within their, within their organisations. And I think that kind of comes through in the fact that, you know, we see on a year on year more people kind of take part in that. And, you know, um, you know we probably hope that there you know, are more five-star employers within that list and that, People are actually coming forward and actually are really liking working for their mm. businesses. You know, you don't want to see, you know, insurance companies come, coming off badly and that. You want them to want there to be positive feedback. So yeah, it will be interesting to see. And again, I know that we'll be soon putting out that survey together and you know, we'll be looking at what we did last year and whether there are some new questions we might be asking them, um, you know, moving forward. And but like you say, you know, I mean, in terms of staff moving, you know, it takes one person to move and then you see a number of other people move from mm. one organization to another. You know, it has been noted that you know, there's been a little kind of, um, I suppose, path from Zurich to Aviva this year after a certain person um, kind of went there. Um, and you, that often happens in insurance, isn't it? We've yeah. said it's people business and people like working with people they worked with before. Mm. And, and are looking for recommendations about where to possibly go next as well. So. I, think, I think, especially post-pandemic, um, there's been a massive focus on, a lot more of a focus on how it feels to work for a company rather than... Mm. Uh, you know, obviously the financial side of things is is important, but I think a lot of people are really focusing on how on how it feels to work for a certain company rather than uh, on top of on top of everything else. And so, you know, if if employees are are focusing more on what the culture is like at mm. a company, then the company is going to focus a lot more on what it is. And so that's probably why we're seeing mm. 
more engagement in the employers in the employers yeah. Uh, surveys. Yeah, well, it's a real independent kind of kicking the tires check that what they're saying is actually what mm. they're doing at the companies. I'm aware that our power list was accompanied by a podcast featuring a chart countdown delivered by Swifty and I. While the race to Christmas number one these days is a lot less interesting, thanks to Simon Cowell and The X Factor, I know many of you are sat on the edge of your seat to find out our top 10 most read news stories of 2023. So without any further ado, here are the top 10 most read Insurance Post news stories of 2023. At 10, Martin Lewis tells FCA to investigate insurers. At 9, Direct Line Group shares fall off a cliff. At 8, Tesla gears up for in-house UK insurance launch. At 7, why the potential marker study on Donna Retail merger makes sense. At 6, insurers ready for hundreds of Luton Airport fire claims. At 5, Liberty Mutual faces fresh wave of BI court battles. At four, Saga Hacker releases more customer details, including Knighted Actor. At three, Kavea puts jobs at risk with company restructure. Two, Aeon hit by Russian Move It Data Hack. And in first place, as close to a supergroup lineup of band aid proportions as you're going to get in a headline this year, is Alliance and Intact pondering Aviva takeover. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Insurance Post podcast. And given that I can hear sleigh bells in the distance, almost 2023. I'd like to thank Scott and Swifty for joining me and the whole of the Insurance Post team for helping to make the 183rd year of this publication the biggest yet when it came to the number of people engaging with our content. But most importantly, we would like to thank you for reading, listening, watching, sharing and commenting on Insurance Post content in 2023. We hope you'll do more of the same in 2024 when we'll be back with more episodes of the podcast. Until then, this is Emran Hughes, Jonathan Swifty Swift, Scott McGee, signing off and the three of us would like to wish you Merry Christmas and, and a, a Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year.